It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This NFL season has been different. There's a few weeks to go, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football. Watching. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your other host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by The Athletic's Paul Daner. We mostly talk about the future of the coaching staff in Cincinnati. We also talked a little bit about the very inviting lines coming out of Vegas for the Pittsburgh against Cincinnati game coming up on Monday Night Football. And Paul comes up with the history. He went back and found all of the underdog examples by at least 13 points on Monday night football with some sort of lateness in the season parameter to go along with it. There aren't very many cases of it and the results of those games might surprise you. So stick around for that. At the end of the show, we're going to get started with some injury updates and what the outlook looks like for the Bengals at quarterback going into Monday night football. Of course, when I say things are looking bleak at quarterback, James, It's always going to look bleak at quarterback when you've lost Joe Burrow and your backups are Ryan Finley and some street free agents. But one of those street free agents who actually played relatively well in his last time out against Dallas, Brandon Allen, did not practice on Thursday dealing with a knee injury. Zach Taylor said that it will likely be Ryan Finley this week. He took snaps with the starters in practice on Thursday. The Bengals did, however, sign to the practice squad Kyle Shermer. Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs practice squad quarterback from 2019. So they've got some Super Bowl experience now in the quarterback room to go along with Kevin Hogan, who they previously signed to the practice squad. And we'll see how Allen progresses. There's still a chance that he can play on Monday night, but obviously not practicing on Thursday. I heard he's dealing with some swelling in that knee. We'll see if it can uh, go down some and he's able to go. And if not, The drop-off seems huge right now, and part of that was Brandon Allen's coming off of his best game as a member of the Bengals. He completed over 70% of his passes, completing 65% of his passes this year in three starts and and threw a touchdown the other day against the Cowboys. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for Zach Taylor now. You're going against a a team that is hungry, that desperately needs a win to stay in the, the running for a bye in the AFC after losing two straight games in the Pittsburgh Steelers, arguably the best defense in the NFL. And by the way, you have to do it with a guy that you admittedly left on the bench when Joe Burrow went down for the year and went to your practice squad quarterback. And and that, that was it for the Ryan Finley experiment, but it sounds like because of injury, he might get another shot. So uh, what a, what a really tough spot it is 
for this Bengals offense going into Monday night, if that's the case and Finley has to play. Or even flip it, Jake, if it's Brandon Allen at less than 100 percent, that's that's not necessarily a great option either. He has shown the toughness to be willing to try to play with whatever it is that's bothering his knee. But no reaction, James. Super Bowl winning quarterback Kyle Shermer joining the practice squad doesn't move the needle for you? Love it. Love it. You're talking about NFL bloodlines. He's the son of offensive wizard and former Giants and Browns head coach Pat Shermer. He's in uh, Denver now as their offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, is. So, no, look, it's, it's crazy. It's the COVID times. You have to have three quarterbacks in your organization and that's why they went out and got Shermer. The thing that surprised me about that, by the way, Jake, he was on the transaction wire on Wednesday. So they must have really pushed him through that COVID-19 protocol. And, and, and maybe he got to town Sunday, late Sunday or something for for the COVID-19 quarantine because he was at practice on Thursday. That's a, that's a quick turnaround. It took Kevin Hogan, for example. Uh, I don't think he officially tried out for the team until Saturday of the week they expressed interest because of that. So uh, you got Shermer coming in a couple days earlier. They must have had Shermer going through the protocol already in order for him to already be practicing with the team because those rules don't break for anyone. Now, Ryan Finley did play against Pittsburgh last year. Zach Taylor trotted him out there as the Andy Dalton replacement for three games. His third game was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost that game. The Bengals did 10-16. to Ryan Finley went 12 for 26. He did throw a touchdown pass. Threw for 192 yards. He didn't throw an interception. He did fumble twice. And I think that this year's Steelers team, probably a little bit better than last year's Steelers team, in no small part because they're not playing Mason Rudolph at quarterback. The defense appears to be just as good, if not better, than last year as well. There will be no Bud Dupree out there this time, but TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and a pretty solid secondary should be more than enough to make life very difficult for Ryan Finley. And personally, I feel for the guy a little bit. He has had some tough situations, especially this year, to come into some games and just hasn't looked ready in the regular season so far. Really quick, some other injuries on the report today. Logan Wilson didn't practice with an ankle injury. Brandon Wilson was limited with a hamstring injury. Bobby Hart limited with a back injury. And Xavier Suafilo was a full participant but does have an injured finger. So we'll have to keep an eye on that offensive line to see if we get yet another combination for the Bengals' final primetime game of the year. Coming up next, as promised, Paul Daner Jr. joins James and I to talk about the future of Zach Taylor. And also we get some stories from his very first year, very first memories covering the Bengals. He's been on the Bengals beat for more than 10 years now. Paul Daner Jr. joining us coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
We would now like to welcome onto the podcast, Paul Danner Jr., straight from The Athletic. You might know him from Hear That Podcast Growling. You might know him from his writing. He's been covering the Cincinnati Bengals beat. Paul, how long has it been now? Are, are you up to a decade yet on the Bengals beat? I am. My first game I covered was back in 2009, the end towards the end of the 2009 season, right when they were clinching the playoffs back in the good old days. That was my first my first game that I covered. Full time, full travel. My first year for that was 2013, but I've been around the team in some capacity for over a decade. Yeah. Give me your best Lavernius Cole story from 2009, Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know I don't have. Shoot, I don't have a lot of. He hated everyone else. I was always, you know, when you're when you were in that position, I was. I was like seventh sidebar guy. You know, there's not a whole lot of main stories that I'm doing, and Lavernius was a main one. I know that his nickname was PMF, which was a uh, prickly motherfucker. <laughs> uh, that's all I know. But I, I never really had – I was dealing with much, uh, much more insignificant storylines probably 11 years ago. All right, we'll, we'll get into to this year's team and all the, the state of that. But if he doesn't fumble in the playoff game on the opening drive against the Jets, do the Bengals win? Oh man, yeah, I, I tend to go back to blaming Shane Graham more uh, on that yeah. on that day. Uh, there was a lot of people. There's a, every I mean, we, you know what we could spend this podcast going through all the playoff games and and how they could have been different if certain <laughs> things didn't happen. Would that be something that your listeners would enjoy? We we do have some what ifs coming up in the off season. Um, yeah, I don't think this is one of them. Like, no, I, I want to talk they, about they, like Bengals fans are already in too vulnerable of a place to do that to them. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, even some people when I when I put the idea out for the off season idea that I want to do, which is what if they had committed to a rebuild a couple of years earlier in 2018 when or 2017 when it was you know sort of becoming obvious that things were starting to come apart, that Andy Dalton wasn't going to push them over the hump. There was some resistance to even that idea, which I think is a little bit less uh, punchy in the gut than revisiting, I don't know, Pac-Man Jones, Joey Porter, whatever you want to, whatever you want to bring up. But Paul, let's talk a little bit about the current Bengals, shall we? And what we can't stop talking about on this podcast, I presume no one who covers the Bengals can stop talking about the future of Zach Taylor because the history of the team would suggest that Zach Taylor is going to get another year. The national reporters that have chimed in on this in the last few weeks have said his seat is not particularly hot. But as we talked about yesterday on our show, the odds for him to be the next coach fired are increasing in Vegas. So, from from your vantage point, given history, given your experience with the team, given what you know, how do you handicap the odds that Zach Taylor's around for 2021 or not? Uh, you know, I think there's probably a better chance that he's back than he's not. I do think his seat is hotter than national people are saying, because I think, you know, you have, first of all, none of them know. Uh, we, if, if, if we didn't learn anything about how much national reporters know about what goes on in this building last offseason, I don't know when we did. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of been the case for a while now. But So I, I think that it's pretty close to the vest. I, I, I do think that his seat is hotter than they're giving it credit for. But I do think inevitably at the end of the day, 
the family will land on where they've always landed with these things. And that's giving the extra time that, you know, that is always more than one year or so more than people think it should get. And, you know, no matter as much as you can, 424 and one is impossible to run from, you know, uh, the excuses that can be made uh, and that will be made and the rationalization gymnastics um, that can happen in that in that conversation between Zach and the family and everything else that will all those conversations, um, you know, Joe Burrow's injury, all the other injuries, the, the, the right movement they were seeing on offense before Burrow got hurt. Um, you know, some of the, the, the players that they didn't play with on defense, uh, lack of a pass rush, Gino, Carlos, all that stuff, um, can be used to buy probably one more year with some casualties. You know, I mean, I don't, I wrote this the other day. I, there's no, I see no path for Luana Rumo coming back. I mean, someone will have to take the fall. You can't come away from it totally unscathed uh, with all this, these losses. I mean, um, so either the head coach is gone or the coordinator's got to be gone. I mean, you, you can't, you can't sell all of it. So to me, that's where it lies. Um, at, you know, but I don't think we know the same way people used to try to predict Marvin every year, you know, I mean, Marvin was fired, right? It, that was what was going to happen, and then it didn't. And then, it, you know, no, you know, we, we don't – Mike knows, and, and he probably doesn't even figure it out fully yet. So you, you think it'll be him that makes the final call, right? This wouldn't be necessarily Katie, Troy, Duke, and – Well, I think they're much more of a – they're much more of a conglomeration now than they ever mm-hmm. have been in the past. We learned that in how they went forward in the coach search in the first place. You know, Duke led it. They all worked together. Mike is inevitably the final say, and I think he takes particular pride in still being that. He may have withdrawn himself from the vast majority of the operation. Um, he, you know, he he may not be as active as he certainly once was. He may have kind of passed the reins down to Troy and Katie, and even to Elizabeth, all the way down to the granddaughter. Now at this point, <laughs> and, and he may have done that, but I do think there is still a pride in being like, well, these are that's still a decision that sits on my desk. But I think he's much more willing and it's much more of a group decision now than it probably ever has been. Um, And so but but again, you know, the way they operate, it's so hard for anybody to really know that for sure. You know, yeah, like it's just it's it's all so close to the vest up there. Nobody really knows uh, exactly how that stuff goes down. So it's it's hard to make specific predictions when you get to this type of stuff. And I always hate doing that because people want to know, like, you know, and I'm like, well, nobody knows. And, and I would bet at this point, even they don't. So it's hard to say anything in any kind of certainty. If Zach doesn't win one of the final three games and obviously the Bengals are going to be underdogs in all three significant underdogs and he goes over on the road in two years, he's 427 and one. I just from a logical standpoint, how would he recover from that? That's what I struggle with, because like, yeah, you can bring in a new coordinator, but he's still 44 to 27 and one. So he could go win four or five games next year. But the, the first sign of trouble, you go back to that record. I just. I almost think it's so bad now that it's it's almost impossible to overcome. And if you get off to a bad start, let's say they're two and six next year, Burrow's coming back, then this is almost like Hugh Jackson was in Cleveland with the the one and thirty one type thing. Like it's that that's what I see it, because I get I agree with you. I think they are patient. I think that's probably the lean. But how do you sell a four twenty seven and one head coach? And I think that's what will happen. And two, if that does happen. 
is is there a way to give him a a blank slate this offseason? Because if you bring in some new coaches and new assistants, you almost have to do that for it to be successful. And I don't want to do that with a guy who's four twenty seven and one. It's all fair and and all logical. I, you know, what, what, does five twenty six and one make you feel better, James? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but are you beating the Steelers with Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen would be a hell of a feat, though. You know, yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, you got to give people something. You got to have, and by people, I mean people in the locker room, people in the front office, fans. I mean, they're trying to rebrand and sell themselves hard, and not be you know uh, a team that the city despises. Um, you know, and, and that's hard to do. They've got, they've got Joe Burrow and, and they kind of are going to just kind of go behind that. And so if they believe that Taylor and his relationship with Joe Burrow and the movement, they were seeing progression offensively with him is a big part of what had things go in the right direction and the best for him, then that's what they're going to sell. But here's the other thing as patient as the Bengals have been, you look historically even, and I hate to go back to like, you know, comparing the nineties to now, I do think they're different organizationally than they were then, but like, you know, they've not been afraid to, well, they've had guys quit, but they've had, they've fired mid season before, you know, whether it be Shula, whether it be Coslet, you know, we, we've seen that happen before. And in recent years, they, you know, Marvin let go coordinators mid season. I think there would be a huge amount of pressure on Zach to win early next year. Um, if they did bring him back or else see some form of uh, contingency plan potentially executed, you know, in the mid season area, because there is some history of that. And then if you, if you have Burrow and you're healthy and you're losing every way, which way possible, like they have over the last two years, still, um, you know, at that point you could see something happening. I want to talk about Jim Turner a little bit too. Let's get into Jim Turner because you know, you say Lou Anaruma, there's no path back. The defense, for all of its struggles, and it has been bad, has been better than the offensive line. And so I, I have a, a deep fear of loyalty between Turner and Taylor. I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk a little bit about the Steelers game. Let's get into those topics coming up next. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. So, Paul, I said I wanted to talk about Jim Turner because, you know, you say Lou Anarumo doesn't have a path back. Believe it or not, there are actually Bengals content creators out there that are still going to bat for Lou Anarumo to some degree, saying, you know, he's, he's doing what he can with what he's got available to him. The guys that he went out and got in free agency are hurt. Uh, I think that it's very easy to push back on that. I, I agree with you more than I agree with the people defending 
Anarumo, but what I don't see is anybody defending Jim Turner at this point. And like I said, one of my deepest fears is that Taylor's loyalty historically to, to Jim Turner leads to Jim Turner returning. And we haven't seen any sign of development under Turner. We haven't seen good self-scouting. We haven't seen good evaluation in the draft or in free agency. And if you're talking about bringing in a guy like Sewell with your first pick, you're putting him in Jim Turner's hands. That to me feels like malpractice right now. Is there a path back for Jim Turner? Or can we put him in the same ship as Anna Rumo and send him to like D2 to be an assistant somewhere? I, you know, I, I think there's a path back more for him, um, you know, because, you know, how much I mean, how much did we hear the the selling of progress at the midseason point? I mean, the, the Jim Turner arc was happening, right? I mean, people were you, you it was written. It was said it was discussed. I mean, after when they when they went out and played like they did against Tennessee and they had gone out, you know, the the four or five games there with a lot less sacks than they had earlier in the season and less pressures, um, and, you know, having to put different guys and move everybody around. That was what was being discussed, right? was how good of a job Jim Turner and Ben Martin are doing like that. Those were real minutes lived by us in these press conferences. Okay. Like that was a real line of thought the same way that last February and March and April we kept telling you they're standing by this offensive line. They, they're they saying it over and over and over again. Why don't you believe us? Because no one could really believe it from an outside perspective. And then that's what happened. The same things you're hearing now, and no one wants to believe it, but these were real conversations, and this is a real belief. And they, I think there's a lot of people there that think that Jim Turner has done a good job in a lot of capacities. And – I think you could see a defense bill. So, yeah, I think there is a path back there because we heard it. Um, and I, I will he come back? I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously you could see Turner and Arumo being the shrapnel on this. I mean, that's, you know, anybody could see that. But I, I do think there's more of a path for him than there is probably uh, for Lou because Lou has more on his plate. And in he has more responsibility and they, and you can feel like you've made a bigger change by changing a coordinator in comparison to just an offensive line coach. Paul, as far as let's say this plays out and it's maybe defensive coordinator, offensive line coach, or, you know, Lou Anarumo and a couple of other assistants that we haven't named. And, and Zach comes back. How challenging is it going to be for a young four? Let's just assume four twenty-seven and one head coach to entering year three, the team sticks by him, to bring in a quality defensive coordinator and quality assistance, given the track record and given what you said, that he could be on the hot seat four, five, six weeks into to 2021. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you don't, if you're trying to grab somebody um, that has options, going somewhere where a guy is showing up on the hot seat is not going to be at the top of your list. I think people like the idea of coaching on the other side of the ball from Joe Burrow. I think you you feel like you can win games. I feel like if there's going to be somebody who's going to see some of the pieces in place here, whether it be the young linebackers, whether it be Jesse Bates, whether it be you know whoever the other pieces are, it, a lot of guys are up. You're having a chance to quickly 
mold the defense in your shape, I would think, because you can bring in a lot of new pieces that are going to come in and play pretty immediately. Um, you know, I, it's, you're, I, I don't think they're going to go take Wade Phillips from somewhere. I mean, you know, I don't see him wanting to come to come here uh, if he because he's going to have all the options he wants. But I think you could get a real, you know, up and coming guy. There's only so many defense coordinator jobs, and there's a lot of qualified candidates, and there's a lot of Robert Silas out there. He was a Jacksonville Jaguars linebackers coach before he went to San Francisco and became, you know, the cat's meow, if you will. Uh, and he's these guys are developed at defense coordinator all the time. So if you bring in Aubrey Pleasant or one of these guys who's never been a coordinator before, there's no saying that they can't be the next big thing. Um, you don't have to go find somebody who necessarily has tons of options. So I, I think there's always hope and there's always a thought that you can, it doesn't have to be somebody who is going to you know, be the big name necessarily, particularly at the defensive coordinator position. And the NFL is hard enough to predict anyway for players, even harder for coaches, like saying which coach is going to be successful and which one isn't going to be successful is honestly one of the hardest things to predict for somebody covering the NFL, in my opinion, because you know so little about what actually goes on behind closed doors with coaches. Now, that was a pretty depressing thing for me to listen to, for you to tell, <laughs> for, for you to remind me about the uh the the praise that was being heaped unto Jim Turner undeservedly so in my opinion around the midseason mark when the offense adapted Joe Burrow adapted and they figured out how to play within the uh the limits of the offensive line i mean to me it was clear that everyone knew what they were working with on the offensive line and they they changed the scheme to deal with it and so you know the other side of it is like you said they were they put Jim Turner in front of the media that one day and he, and he went to bat for Bobby Hart. That was fun. But speaking of fun things, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers minus 750 straight up to beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati. Ryan Finley could play quarterback for all we know. With Brandon Allen Hurt, they signed another quarterback to the practice squad today. A Shermer. That's all, I, that's all I've seen about him so far. It's early <laughs> in the day as we record. That's all you need to know. An, an NFL bloodline, uh, anyway, and and we've got Kevin Hogan on the practice squad. So no Hogan idea zeros. what quarterback <laughs> it's going to be. How many zeros are you putting behind the one in your bet on the Pittsburgh Steelers to win straight up? Straight up. Straight up minus seven fifty. Uh, I mean, what I believe usually when people discuss this type of things, they say if you had an uncomfortable amount of money, yeah, uh, put down. I, you know, I I would be pretty comfortable putting down an uncomfortable amount of money down uh, <laughs> on on the Steelers to win straight up. The cover always in play. You know, there's a weird so there's a weird thing at, at play here. I actually was super curious about it and had to go back like through the last thirty years and look them all up. In a team on and like a late game, late year game on Monday night football is a double digit home dog. Like what kind of a rarity this is. And there was, I think seven, seven of them over the last 25 years times that it had happened Two teams, won, five of the seven covered, uh, there was, and one was earlier this year where the giants nearly pulled off the upset on Tom Brady on Monday night football. 
there's just a weird thing. You have a teams that typically have kind of cashed it in, right? Maybe they've struggled to be motivated over the course of a full season. But a primetime game late in the season can bring some motivation out of people that have half-assed their way through the season. And maybe that's a dynamic at play. If you're trying to come up, I'm trying to help people here that you could come up with <laughs> to say why they could win and ruin somebody's uncomfortable amount of money. And, and But at the end of the day, the Bengals have just continuously found ways to dig another layer uh, down. So I, I, I would, yeah, I'd be very comfortable betting against them, but there's, there's not, it's not like there's a completely lacking a precedent here. There could be some. Paul, I don't know. I forget where you had the Bengals uh, at the, the start of the season, but I was just thinking as you were kind of talking about that, just thinking about the year. I feel like this has been the worst case scenario from Burrow's injury to the record to all of the other injuries to free agency, just kind of whiffing. We found out today that, and we expected this, but Trey Waynes won't return this year. Reader out for the year. Jonah Williams probably not going to be back this year. Has this gone about as bad? Uh, it been a, about as bad of a 2020 season as it could have been for the Bengals? No, I'm going to tell you, it could have been worse. Wow, okay? okay. Here's how. Joe Burrow plays 16 games and he's bad. Okay. That okay. would have been... Because sure. here's the thing. Because you still have, you still come away from the season with hope. Because mm-hmm. Burrow's the real deal, right? And so, not that you didn't necessarily know that, but you didn't definitely know that. I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have come out of college with all the hype, Everybody thinks they're going to be great, and they just don't look it, or they struggle, and they seem to not. You don't see their path, right? Um, this guy looks like he's going to be the real deal. They have that, right? Like, there's a lot of other things that may be screwed up because of this year, and you know, but they have that, and they know they have that, and you did learn that. So that is one good thing, and arguably the most important thing in this sport that they know for sure coming out of this year. So could it have been worse? Yeah, it could have been worse. Um, the rest of it's awful. Um, but I do think that, you know, that is, uh, those were one of the two things you needed to learn this year for sure. And you wanted to learn this year and you'd feel good coming out of what was already going to be a rebuilding year anyway. Do I have my quarterback? Do I have my coach? You know, one. So they, they hit 500 on that. Now, which is the only time we've seen 500 around here in a while. So you'll take it, right? Uh, you can <laughs> That's always, true. <laughs> you can always count on Paul Danner Jr. to come on to the Locked On Bengals podcast and hit us with that dose of just unbridled optimism, right? Joe Burrow being good is not unbridled optimism. It is like the most important part of this organization. I you mean, didn't hear the sarcasm it, in my voice there? <laughs> they need it. They, they, I mean, I, it's important. It is important. And at least they've got that. That's Paul Daner Jr. You can find him on The Athletic. You can find him on Hear That Podcast Growling. As always, Paul, it's a pleasure catching up, getting your perspective on things. And I hope you stay safe out there and enjoy the rest of this COVID-cursed year the best you can. You do the same. And I'm, I, I'm jealous of you because you know how much I love Vancouver. And it's just a place that I would love to nestle into for the next like year because you can always be outdoors. You're okay. It's cold. You know, I can just go to Stanley Park every day and be outside. Instead, we're stuck here in our houses watching it snow. And I just, I'm jealous of you. You know, some people <laughs> like that white Christmas. I, I know I do. 
but I, I'm, I'm always, I'm always excited to talk to you. I just want to, I just want to talk about Vancouver, but I'm, I'll, I'll hold, I'll restrict myself. That can be, a, that can be an off season episode, Paul. That, absolutely, anytime. Yeah, that's Paul Danner Jr. This has been the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're back on Sunday with a game preview instead of a game review. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 